the fuck is up, Julius? Hi! Hi, everyone! Welcome to the world's number one and only ever Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast sponsored by Kaiba Corp. We are extra special. We're so sponsored by Kaiba Corp, in fact, this week, that Kaiba has brought us all Kaiba license plates on our cars. It's amazing. It's a sight to behold. I am so happy to receive this sponsorship gift from Kaiba himself. I'm Sarah, aka Pharaoh's Not Dead and Pharaoh's Not Dead 2, the sequel. <laughs> I'm Max, uh, the proud owner of a Kaiba license plate in the great state of Virginia, also known as a violently euphoric Egyptian gibbon skeleton. <laughs> I'm Dan, a.k.a. Uh, Bakura Dreamer. And I'm Audrey, a.k.a. The Mummy, 1999. <laughs> 1999, Bizarre Mummy. Bizarre Mummy, thank you. I was, I was about to. <laughs> yeah, so, look, to, to, to give y'all a little bit of backstory... Um, roughly two hours ago, he I re- did that. I remembered that. Oh, next month, the month of September 2020, my vehicle registration is about to expire, and my dog is barking upstairs, and that's fine. You go off disco. You protect the house. She's um, excited about Kaiba. He's excited about my license plate because I realized, well, so many things overlap. Like I'm because I need to get a new parking st- uh, like a parking sticker on my car because uh, my neighborhood is like next to a high school. So the residents have to get special stickers so they don't get towed during the day because apparently like there's a problem with high school kids parking in the neighborhood instead of having to pay mm-hmm. for parking. I feel like there's a better solution to that problem, but go off um, Fairfax County, Virginia. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, I've been wanting to do this for like a year straight. Long story short, uh, in four weeks, I will be receiving a license plate in the mail that does just say Kaiba on it. <laughs> You're Kaiba now. Oh, God, Max, that's the most Virginia thing I've ever heard you do. Virginia is the state with the most vanity plates, with a, a, a whopping 16.19% of residents having a vanity plate. That's like an absurdly high number. And now it's slightly higher because you have Kaiba. I have Kaiba. It's a, it's a, um, th- there was like a lot of different plates to pick from. Like, you know, all these different organizations, a lot of cool military things. The funniest, like the objectively funniest ones would have been Horse Enthusiast or Ducks Unlimited or like the NRA. (laughs) I didn't do any of those because like part of the money, part of the extra, a whopping $10 it cost me to get this new plate. Um, Like part of the money goes towards those organizations. And I, you know, I would literally rather die than support horses or the NRA or, you know, the military industrial complex or what have you. So I went with um, like insect conservation. It has a little tiger swallowtail butterfly, Virginia State insect on it. So I almost I almost went for um the like Chesapeake Bay conservation which has a cool crab on it and it's like underwater and I feel like that one also makes sense and I do have plausible deniability because Kaiba in Japanese just means seahorse uh-huh, so I would uh-huh. say oh yeah it, it's it's you know underwater things but then again I have a pot of greed sticker on my car so anyone who knows will clock me immediately <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say the average American probably recognizes Kaiba from Yu-Gi-Oh! than Kaiba the Seahorse. Oh, absolutely, most likely. Uh, But, buddy, I'm way above average. I'm just... I just have such fond memories of being in your car and driving around Virginia and every, like, ten minutes there'd be a license plate that said fucking waiting for Godot or something. (laughs) Or, like, 1-800-20, and we'd all lose our shit. (laughs) And now... You're going to be that car that people are losing their shit over because your license plate is Kaiba and you've got a fucking pot of green sticker in the back of your window. You absolute king shit. The brand is powerful and alive. Speaking of brand, should we, should <laughs> yeah, we let's talk do about, it. Let's about hit these it. episodes, gamers? They were pretty good. They were good. Slapped. 
I, I am very, very sad to report that Crunchyroll, we have ran out of Crunchyroll episodes, so I had the to delve... The Pharaoh may not be dead, but Crunchyroll is. Yeah, I had to delve into the depths of the internet and, like, probably get all of my information stolen, but it was worth it to watch Sub Yu-Gi-Oh. And someone there has, like, Bitcoins from us now. It's great. Yeah, that's part of the Kaiba sponsorship. Yeah, Kaiba coin. Kaiba coin. <laughs> um, before we get into the episodes, I have a, I have a small note that I it's something I just realized at the start of the episode, and I want to talk about it now before uh-huh. it completely derails us during the middle of our episode conversation, and that's because I realized that Kaiba probably still has that exact mullet underneath his little hat, or sorry, Set has that mullet underneath the hat thing. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Oh, probably. Just wanted to. Yeah, I, I like they definitely had you know mm-hmm. the 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 ancient equivalent of barbers back then, but you know he loves that look. Oh yeah, he goes to the ancient Egyptian barbers to get that mullet. It's actually a wig. I mean, wig. based it on like probably, ancient yeah. Egyptian standards, it's wig. It's wig to me. It is wig. That's why that. <laughs> that's why Shada is like the best priest because he just doesn't need it. Yeah, his wig flew off whenever you know the pharaoh. Uh, I don't know. Pulled off a sick look. I mean, <laughs> at any point on- in time when the pharaoh does shit, my wig is off. So, as far as we know, the pharaoh is literally the only person whose hair actually is like that. Because we see it. established to not be a wig in these episodes. <laughs> His hair yeah. is like that. All right, it's just like that. It's beautiful. What's the episode called? Uh, the pharaoh is not dead. That's the, not what it's called, but that's what I've written down. The Pharaoh's, the Pharaoh's portal still voice alive. still alive. What is what a bad episode title. Uh, episode thirty six, in search of a king. Yeah, I mean, if they that's hadn't good. called it the Pharaoh's still alive, we all would have assumed that the Pharaoh was dead, and that the protagonist of Yu Gi Oh Yu Gi Oh died <laughs> in episode two hundred and seven. Yeah. I mean, I have the object permanence of a newborn, so if I don't see the character on screen, they are dead until I see them again. Mm-hmm. How does this episode open up, lads? Uh, we opened right where our last episode left off, where uh, the uh, blue-eyes white lady is being forced to fight. <laughs> I forgot we call her that. <laughs> She's a blue-eyes white lady. It's true. <laughs> what if her name was Sharon instead of Kisara? Hmm... Okay, but she's in, like, the death fighting pits. What if her name was Karen, but, like, C-H-A-R-O-N? Whoa, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like the underworld messenger. Yes. Oh, boy. Oh, God. boy. Um, are, are we reaching some deep truths, Audrey? Well, uh, I mean, honestly, I was so distracted by um, her hair in this scene, which is now blue. It made me think <laughs> it of It is that. now blue. It made me think of the, um, is this dress blue or gold thing? <laughs> I'm like, is her hair blue or white? <laughs> is, is this dragon <laughs> blue or white? Is this dragon black or blue? Is this dragon white and gold? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... She's, in, she's in Fight Club. The prisoners are trying to attack her, and she just, like, straight up cannot summon her Ka. And yeah. she's, about, she's about to beef it. But, of course, like, Set jumps in because he's in love with her, because, of course, he has to be. And and he protects her. They're like, oh, what are you going to do? Like, drop yourself into the pit? And Set's like, hey, yep. cool idea, homie. I'm going to drop myself into the pit. <laughs> and he does, and he kills one of them. It's great. Yeah. We finally, hey, we finally learn her name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, by the way, what's your name? She's like, Kisara. And he's like, cool, didn't know that. I've been in love with you for, like, 
however long it is in your narrative vector of choice. Like a day. Yeah. Not, e- not even a full day, I don't think. I mean, we had that flashback. Yeah. Uh, he's just been pining for in the back of his mind for however many years. Well, has he been pining for her, though? Or just blue eyes? <laughs> I yeah, think he's yeah, just yeah. been the dragon. Um, That's true. Speaking of dragon, hey, remember when Set protect Kisara? Well, now it's Kisara's turn to protect Set because the other criminals are gonna like kill them because they're dangling because they fucking collapse the arena. Um, but the cool music plays, and the big dragon comes out, and it's tight as shit. It's it's so, the prettiest yeah. theme. I love to hear it. There's there's a, a actually really pretty sizable difference in the manga here actually uh mm-hmm. which is when uh when set like cuts the chains and they fall into the pit and they're hanging from the chain kisara immediately passes out and um she can only and they discover that she can only summon the blue eyes white dragon while she's unconscious, which is why she wasn't <laughs> able to do it when she was in mortal danger beforehand and why Set had oh. to had to step in. Okay, so is is the because um after this part Akhenaten does have a line or somewhere where they're like, Oh, that White Dragon isn't just her car, it's also her bar. Right, yes. So, similar to that, it's not actually... It's it's not... It's sort of ambiguous in the manga, actually, but the... um, the concept, what is what is really basically described is that Blue Eyes is not her car, it is that her body is just a vessel for the Blue Eyes mm, White Dragon. Right. Which is why... Oh, which is why it can only emerge... When her consciousness is asleep. She has to go to the sunken place. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, that's pretty sick, though. Yeah, I like that concept. that's pretty sick. And it's also confusing to me why they didn't include that in the anime, because it's sick and it loses nothing in the anime. Uh, whatever. If I were set, I would be in love with her, because that's sick. I would tell her that I don't care. I mean, the dragon's a plus, but I love you for you. <laughs> but I also love the dragon quite a bit. <laughs> And you can have both because they're never there at the same time. Yeah, I've, we've look. We've never seen Kisara and Blue Eyes <laughs> in the same room together at the same time. <laughs> um, God, now I'm just thinking of that comic of 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 someone being like, oh, "Oh, babe, I have a terrible confession. I'm a werewolf." Oh, and she's just like, "Babe, that's really hot." Oh, how can we ever be together? I'm a werewolf. Oh no, but that's so hot though. <laughs> It's a very specific yeah. Twitter comic yeah. I saw for 30 it's, seconds once. It's the quintessential werewolf experience. Yeah, the quintessential yeah. dragon experience. Oh, babe, you're a dragon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a thing where Akhenaten is like, oh, Sat, you like you got to kill her and become the pharaoh and Sat Do it. Like, doesn't want this. Um, it's kind of just going over the same things as before. Uh, and then the scene after that, we cut to TKB, and he's there in the little room with the Millennium Tablet and doing kind of stuff. Doing y'all heard stuff. of Zork? Yeah. Who? We know now. Who? Yeah, Zork. Him named Zork. Zork. He's he's the creator of the Shadow Realm. Okay. Is that 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 what that's okay? Says? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like the Shadow cool. like interesting dub edition. I like the idea of the Shadow Realm just like always sort of being there. I mean, that's a kind of really good fucking like it's it all a, together. It really does actually because like 
it's a really like they kind of they just avoid kind of saying that he's Satan and or whatever, so that the Christian mums are happy and it all they just tie it into the Shadow <laughs> Realm. That's really neat. Huh. But, yeah, Zork's not too happy though. Because what happens is Bakura puts the puzzle and the key in uh, Zork's house Sorry, in Max, a sarcophagus. Max, I just want to make sure, because it's been a hot minute since we last heard the name Zork, um, yes. that listeners may remember um, the full name of Zork Necrophades, who is the um, right. the actual villain here, uh, was the, way back in Season 0 in the Monster World RPG, was the like final boss uh, that uh, Bakura controlled um, during that arc. So he hasn't shown up for several hundred episodes now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could listen to episode 13 of this podcast for when God. we covered that. Right. Uh, so um, just as a reminder for anyone who hasn't been joining us from mm-hmm. the beginning, possibly, or who just forgot, that's Zork. Yes. That's, see, okay... I I like I I mean obviously I need to read the manga because that's like the best experience from what I can tell. But like it just Zork works better because you've seen him already and you're like, oh shit, I remember Zork. Like I thought we killed that fool. But in this it's like, oh, it's like in Final Fantasy Four right. when you go to the moon and you fight Zemus, and then all of a sudden, oh, Zeromus is here, he's the real bad guy. And it's like, okay. I mean, he doesn't really set up, but okay. But yeah, yeah, it's Zork, baby. It's Zork to me. He's in his fun little sarcophagus house and he's mad at Bakra. Because he thinks that, like, Bakker tried to kill the Pharaoh, but the Pharaoh is the eighth key, but the Shadow Game's not dead, or the Shadow Game's not over, which means the Pharaoh's not dead, so we gotta find the key, which is the Pharaoh, and I guess put him also in the house. Yeah, they they have a little, they have a little kind of, Bakker has kind of like, almost like a Poirot moment, where he's like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're being mean to me, so that means that I fucked up in the eighth key, and kind of like, did pieces things together, um... And kind of realizes that the eighth key is specifically like the name of the pharaoh because like that's the reason it's been raised from history. And it's just like it's kind of like a neat little Poirot fucking ass scene. When we finally get to like learn and say the name of the pharaoh on the pod, every single time we have to add like a healthy amount of reverb to it. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Reverse censorship. We've worked up to it. It has to be important. as we know from from Earthsea, the the true name is power. Yeah, as we know from like m- many other medias. That's that's how demons work. That's how demons work. So, one of so just uh, like you know th- this scene again doesn't actually happen in a manga at all. Uh we skip to uh, a later scene, straight to a later scene in this episode that also takes place in the cool Elna tomb. Um what what is interesting about it is that Bakura not only, like, sort of solves the mystery of what the eighth key is, but also is able to figure out that uh, the pharaoh is still alive because he's like, well, shit, the eighth key was the pharaoh, but the pharaoh's dead. Okay, well, he it's like, then there must be, but the game's still going. So, yeah. mm-hmm. like, the game's still going, so obviously I haven't fucked up beyond all repair. <laughs> like right. there's got like there's got to be some way to salvage this. Um, I haven't fully cocked it up yet. Yeah, <laughs> and Zork's basically like, "Go do that, then." Yeah, I, I'm just reviewing my notes, and maybe I just didn't hear, misheard something, or didn't get the whole thing. But like, Bakura doesn't necessarily know what the eighth key is, except that it was in the Pharaoh's mind, which was wiped. 
So mm-hmm. even uh, you okay. doesn't know it. And then, like, the answer is in, like, a tablet or something? Yeah, it's the, um, oh, shoot, what's the name of the thing? Cartouche. It was, yeah, and it's in the cartouche, because that's where the name goes. It, it's it's right. the, hi, my name is blank thing of uh, ancient Egypt. you put the name in the cartouche. <laughs> <laughs> you put the name in the cartouche. <laughs> God. Uh, please make that the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. After this thing, we cut to the, the, the Yugi Tashi. They find the Nile. Well done. They've discovered the Nile. Well, first of all, actually, before we get to them, um, women be spellcasting. Well, no, yeah. they, they see the Nile first, and then we see we see women we, be spellcasting. I wanna. I just. She gets wrecked by a fish of her own design. It's very funny. She does funny inflation on a fish. Some, someone needs to call PETA for the crimes against fish that Monica Monica commits. <laughs> I mean, she's practicing her magic, and a side effect of the magic is that it makes the, fa- the fish sexy and inflated. What's wrong with that? Well, the fish doesn't like it because the fish then hits her in the face with its uninflated body. It's it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, But then, hey, psych, Mana turns around, and who could she fucking see? Yeah, how's this? I mean, yeah. I, my theory is that Mana can see them because, like, of Yugi's modern day connection to Black Magician Girl because Jinochi literally says, hey, that's Black Magician Girl. So Mana can see them because uh, Yugi brought his deck into Millennium Worlds. Does he and have his cards with him? I don't know. But like, okay, his deck resides in his heart. It doesn't need to be physically with him for it to the, be with him, you know? The, the deck is stored I in mean, the heart. I mean, that is yes. canon in the manga when they all summon their decks and dual discs <laughs> out of nowhere. Like, that is literally <laughs> a part of canon. They're cool flash dual discs. I don't think they have an answer in the dub. Uh, like, you could probably theorize pretty well, but they don't outright say yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, we, we were just theorizing here as well. Like, they don't oh. actually say this. No, yeah. Oh, okay. It's all bullshit. Yeah, she, but she sees Yugi and she's like, hey, you're the prince. Because, you know, they, they, look, they look the same. They look pretty sim. Mana's like, hey... How did you get so short? And why are you dressed like that? Does she fucking say, oh my god. Yeah. Mana! (laughs) Why why is your skin different shade? How'd that work out, Prince? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if you're the pharaoh, why are you white? (laughs) (laughs) If you're from Africa, literally, why are you white? (laughs) Why are you white? Uh, and 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 going from going from this weird bit that we imagined we cut to bobasa singing a cool song about how the bow and his name stands for bobbing glutton great we love to see it it really makes me wanna commit (laughs) they didn't say that in the dub but i'm glad I don't want to talk about Bobasa. I don't want to acknowledge the presence of Bobasa. I do not see it. I am Bobasa could have been a normal character. I'm so mad. He he could have been a cool normal guy like he was in the manga. I mean, normal is carrying a lot of weight here, as Audrey knows, and as I have learned from Audrey. But like, <laughs> he didn't have to be like this. They didn't have to make him like the funny dumb fat guy. Tip, I am Yu-Gi-Oh. so fucking mad. That's <laughs> yeah. that's just what he is. <sighs> Um, hey, how about instead of talking about Bobasa, we talk about how just how fucking chill Mana is with all the Yugitachi. <laughs> like, yeah. Yugi introduces them and she's like, oh, well, they're dressed kind of weird, but they're my friends and all. Like, I fucking love her. And they spend like two minutes as well before like realizing that she can see and interact with them. Just like talking about her right 
in front of yeah. her, like as you said, like yeah. you know, she's like, "Wow, she looks just like Black Magician Girl," and they're having this whole conversation, and then she turns around and she's like, "Oh, hey, Prince, who are these people, yeah. and why are you in this strange clothing?" Hi, hello, hello, the Pharaoh, formerly known as Prince. <laughs> the Pharaoh. Shit, we have so many great episode choices already. <laughs> episode hey, title okay, choices. real quick. Real, real, real quick, I won't dwell on this, but I looked up um thing about Bobasa. I can't tell if it does show up in the show or not, but his English voice actor is Goku. Oh, shit! Sean Schemmel is Go- but Goku is Bobasa. Confirmed. Okay. I thought I was going to have to wait until GX to talk about Sean Schemmel. Well, I'm glad to see that Goku, Goku will return in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. <laughs> Goku oh, boy, will he? That 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 that's all I got though. He's he's Goku, and that's just like something I'd like to all of us to sort of tuck in the back of our mind when we're having a sad yeah. day and remember that Bobasa Goku can have one redeeming quality, <laughs> and that Goku. is that that is that he can go Super Saiyan. So Bobasa finds uh, the Pharaoh's sort of like cape cloak thing. So they like sort of realize like that that's oh he's alive. So we're like on the right trail. We're gonna follow him, and then Mana's mm-hmm. like yeah I'll I'll help you follow. So at this point, like Bakura's shadow robot army people run up and mm. Mana's like fully regained her confidence and she just straight up like casts tsunami. Yeah, on yeah. Him. Call that call that girl Moses, because she's split in the Red Sea here. Yeah, yeah she damn. she pulls out her ancient Egyptian Beyblade. No! <laughs> <laughs> she says, oh. rip, and they die. I'm, ex- um, I'm exhausted. <laughs> 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 we then cut to uh like there's kind of a scene, and there's just the the um the audio landscape they've painted in this it's next so scene is extremely bad. funny. <laughs> it's <laughs> so it's just, bad. They're all in one place together, yelling Pharaoh nonstop. It's like okay, a spread out. B if you keep on yelling Pharaoh, you can't hear anyone yell back. What are you doing? When you yell into the abyss. <laughs> ah, that's me yelling. Um, and the pharaoh is in a cave. He's washed up on the river. He's in a cave. He's, he's so washed up. His shit. He's past his prime. Uh, and he's all by himself because he doesn't have a millennium puzzle anymore. All by myself. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad someone did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had to. I had to. I had to. Uh, yeah. He's having a little moment of reflection. What? What? What does he see in his mind palace? So he's kind of sitting there thinking. He's like, Jesus, my dad created the Millennium Items. I think my dad fucking sucks. Ugh. But then he has memories. Yeah. Of being babies. What a concept. This is one of the He was always like that. Yeah. So this is... This entire sequence of him, like, in his memories is one of the few, like, additions to the anime that, like, doesn't show up in the manga that I actually think is good. Mm-hmm. 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 I just like to see him as baby. Yeah. He he's just always had the the hair, it's this so weird blonde cute. cowlick. It's just I. It's so good. I like like in his babyest form. It's not spiky yet, so it's like sort of curly. It's just a very very cute look, and I do like to see it, and it made me very happy to see. Yeah, yeah. But you know, he was fucking Ayab assigned Yu-Gi-Oh at birth. <laughs> he was he was Amcab assigned to main character at birth. It really was. Um, yeah, the sort of the sequence here of just seeing Bobby Farrow really cute is just kind of establishing that him and his father did have like a deep emotional bond. He's like, I remember like loving my dad. Um, 
which is very sweet. Um, even though like his his dad is shown to be like sort of kind of distant, but still distant like, stern, but caring. Yeah, but yeah. still caring. Though he has a really bad moment later on in this sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the the distantness is kind of slightly more than the caring. Um, I, but yeah, I'd say he's less distant in at least the first two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Actum Cannon takes his seven-year-old son to the skeleton cave. It's just a skeleton cave. There's just like skeletons everywhere. It's great. He's like, we gotta get our ha- we gotta get our decorations for Egyptian Halloween, my son. God. It's like you go to the Christmas tree farm to get a Christmas tree. You go to the skeleton cave to get a skeleton to hang <laughs> you up to, in your eyes. You go. You gotta go to the bone farm. <laughs> the bone farm. But the reason he's taken his son here, I don't know why his son has to go. Like, I don't know. I don't know why y- y- the fair has to be here because he's it was like. So he could remember it later for plot reasons. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> his dead read the script. <laughs> but he-, he takes him there because he's like praying at this underground skeleton temple because he's like, put all the blame of the creation of the millennium items on me and not my dear, darling, beautiful son who has never done a crime but, in his life but and never first, will. Uh, as, as he like as he like takes him down there, like, Yami, like, falls off the side of the pathway and almost dies <laughs> and like Akadab Kanan just sort of like stares at him he's like what are you just gonna like hang there all day he's like come on son I taught you how to fucking lift kill yourself <laughs> yeah, up get like, you why did his dad suck I like to imagine he was staring at him because he was like why were you walking so close to the edge in the first place it's a bottomless yeah. pit use some common sense He's a very like tough love and the kind of the sequence is kind of like ah oh, but tough love is good and you're like mm. I get okay. Use some Ocknum common sense. <laughs> ah! Oh my god, the zingers keep on coming. Yeah, I'm on it today. It's because it's because I've been it's because I've been energized by my Kaiba license plate arriving in four weeks. The energy of Seto Kaiba is suffusing your body. And I your... will be unable to drive my car under seventy miles an hour once I get that <laughs> license plate. It's made you three times faster. It's like putting it's like how putting stripes on your car gives you more horsepower. <laughs> Just get a get a vanity plate named after you you care. That'll do the trick. What what does he see when he wakes up? Uh but, 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 oh Hassan? Yeah, who's Hassan rules! I love Hassan. I yeah. like it's just okay. Hassan is a dude in like a golden you know, uh pharaoh mask. Very buff dude in like a uh, Horus mask, yeah. I didn't realize that was a mask. I thought that was just his face. I thought Horus was the falcon. Oh, well, whatever. He's like, it, 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 it looks most like King Tut's mask, but all gold instead of gold and blue. Right. Um, it's, 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 it's a pharaoh burial mask. But like, I like to imagine that it's someone the pharaoh knows under there. Like it's Egypt Mokuba or something. So, so. <laughs> That's where he is. I, I'm not going to say who is underneath. You're not going to say I'm right because I am. Egypt Mokuba. <laughs> Big buff Egypt Mokuba. You got it. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not going to say who's actually under the mask uh, because I think it might be revealed later on in the anime. Um, but uh, I'm sure it will. But in the manga, well, I, the only reason I question this is in the manga, this is actually another character's, a third character's player character Whoa. in the RPG. Wow. So there's a third person who has a player character character in the RPG besides Bakura. And, and it's Mokuba. <laughs> right, it's Mokuba. Um, besides Yami and besides Bakura. Uh, and this is his PC. Huh. Hmm. Cool. I, I imagine the identity of that character is important, which is why you're not telling us. 
Yeah, and you know, I can see why why Mokuba chose such a huge <laughs> shredded dude because Mokuba is very small. Right, and you can you know wish fulfillment. You just want to play an RPG and be really, really all those big all and those large. years literally looking up to his brother made him want to be tall. Yeah, and now he could get his wish. Well, it's ancient Egypt Mokuba because he like he thinks his brother's dead and Set thinks that he's dead. So without his brother to like always care for and like clean up after his messes, he's able to focus on his passion, which is deadlifting. <laughs> Yeah, he, 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 he wakes up, Hassan's there. Hassan's like, hey, Zork's about to wake up. Go get him, champ. Your dad's Y'all watching over you. Zork. Goodbye forever. Hassan, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> the Pharaoh, Pharaoh's, like, Pharaoh's like, who the fuck are you? And he's like, I'm Hassan. I'm the keeper of memories. Go stop Zork. Bye. <laughs> Seems legit. Okay, thank you for the tip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we then cut to, like, this is pretty much the end of the episode. We then cut to the rest of the gang. Um... Yugi's chatting with Mana and like tells her all about Jewel Monsters and is like, oh hey, you know there's a card that looks just like you. And then she thinks that's really cool. It rules. I I just think it's funny because I feel like Yugi Yugi's default conversation with a stranger is to talk about dual monsters. Yeah, and like, except now he's been ported to like ancient Egypt where no one has heard of it and no one has no one's sick of it yet, so he could just talk to people about it and they think it's cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, he's he's effectively showing her that, like, yeah, we can make, like, really, really sturdy, mass-produced papyrus now. And she's like, damn, that's some pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah. uh, and, and an important little note before we cut over to that. Um, when Yami, or when the pharaoh walks out of the cave, he sees a father and son fishing. Do you get it? Yeah. Oh, it's cute. Okay, not gonna lie. I saw this and I was like, oh, he's looking at the fish and he's hungry because he hasn't eaten in days. <laughs> but... He's really sad because, like, he can't turn into Yugi, the one that can swim, to swim over and get the fish. So he's sad. <laughs> no, I that think you, you got it. Thought. No, yeah, you're, you're, I, you got it. You got it in one. Family symbolism? I don't think so. It's all about fish, baby. It's all about the fish, baby. Um, but yeah, after a, after we'd cut over to them, um, talking about card games, like I think Bobasa is like stopping and staring, and they're like, "Yo, what's going on, Goku?" And they walk up. And they meet Pharaoh. Yeah, they just kind of find him. He's just the, there. The, 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 the episode ends with one of those really cool, like, painted shots of them, like, just kind of running off over in yeah. slow motion for a big group hug. It's nice. He's cute. Yeah. Yugi is a good show. It's a good show. You know what's also good? Uh, video games? Video games. Videos game. I res- respectfully disagree. Okay, what do you want to talk about then? Okay, oh no, I mean, I, 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 I'm just disguising my true feelings for the sake of the bit. Oh. <laughs> Gaming is good. Tell me your queen of game, Max. My queen of game, currently, is a little game called Final Fantasy VII Remake. I have been playing it. I, it is no secret that Final Fantasy VII is not one of my favorite Final Fantasies. I think, I mean, my favorite Final Fantasy is four. And even of the PS1 Final Fantasy games, it is the worst of the three. Behind 8 and 9 is the best of the three in my humble onion. But the remake is very, very good. The combat is incredibly tight. They've done a really good job of sort of translating those like like early mid-year Final Fantasy ATB systems into a modern 
uh, lens, I guess. Okay, so it's like really stressful, right? And pointless. No, no. I like the it. You, Sarah, you, you're talking I, to the R- I, you're talking I, I, to the RPG of, lover. Yeah, I'm speaking of my experience of the original Final Fantasy combat, and and you said it was well translated, so I, that's kind of what I inferred from that. Yeah, well, okay, so basically, Sarah, it's real time. You can move around, you can dodge, you can shield, you can attack. The ATB gauge fills up as you attack, and that is like when the notch is full, you can use an item or use an ability or cast a spell or what have you. God, imagine that. That sounds like good. It's Fuck. really good. Um, and they basically like had to condense a lot into the game because it's only Midgar. It's only like the first five hours of Final Fantasy VII, and they turned it in like a 30, 40 hour game. So there's it's 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 vastly expanded. You get summons, and you would you know wouldn't have gotten summons at that point. Uh, you hear you get like there's jukeboxes all around the city that play music from later in the game, like from places that you wouldn't have seen yet, so they can cram more of that good good Nobuo Uematsu soundtrack into the game. Huh. It's really that pretty. Good. They, like, characterize the characters so well. Like, Barrett, unfortunately, is the same as he was back then, which is, like, a bad stereotype, pretty much. Mm. Like, the way he talks and acts. Um, but, like, Tifa's good. Tifa sort of is, like, a lot more emotional. And it pe- people get... Uh, her character gets a lot of criticism because, like, it's, like, the whole, like, not really being fully committed to the whole revolution thing that Avalanche is doing. Um, Cloud is good because Cloud is like just like super zoned out, out of touch. And then like Aerith, they turned into the world's sweetest girl. She's just so fun and quirky and like a goofball. And they basically like make her the best character in the entire game. Like she tries to high five Cloud and he doesn't get it. And it's like, oh, just please give her a high five. And then you do it. And it's like a really fun moment. You have to like hold the button to high five Aerith. It's just like, ah, it's nice. It's really fun. Um, I just I'm I'm at the point where you have to funny cross dress to get into Don Corneo's mansion. Ah, uh, yes. But I did just fight the Hell House, which they turned into a full on boss fight. So that's oh pretty sick. God. Yeah, it is the coolest moment because you don't know it's in the game because you already had like crossed the sector the the sector six sort of like crushed highway place with the bigger robot hands, and it's like mm-hmm. oh no Hell House here. And then you have to do they added this like sort of like arena segment where you have to fight in the arena to impress. One of the, like Don Corneo's henchmen to like let you be part of his uh, girl process thing, and it's like by the way you have to do an extra fight, fight the Hell House, and it's really really sick. That's all I got. It's a really fun game. It's like on sale for the next day, I think. Well, by the time you hear us, it won't be on sale. So if you if you played it, good. If you haven't, get it on sale one day. That's all I got. Dan, you go. Um, let's see. So there's been two things I've been playing. One of them is Yakuza Kiwami 2, which, once again, I will hold off until I can talk with Argyle about it. <laughs> uh, when he gets out of internet jail. The other thing I've played, and I've played a surprisingly large amount of it, is the warehouse demo for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Uh, for those not in the know, uh, there is a remake coming out of the first two Tony Hawk Pro Skater games combined into one. Uh... It features a mix of the original skaters from from back in the day and as well as modern day pro skaters. And uh, if you pre-order it, or if you are one of the first 2,000 people to order a burrito called the Tony Hawk Burrito at Chipotle, (laughs) you get access to a demo of... To a demo. Uh, The demo is just... Oh, wait, I should... Yeah, so... One of the ways you can get the demo, besides pre-ordering the game, is being one of the first 2,000 people to pre- to order 
a, a burrito called the Tony Hawk burrito that is being sold at Chipotle. Uh, I, capitalism is unbelievable. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's great that that this is just for a demo. We live in a society. One day, I hope to be famous enough that like people can go to Taco Bell and order the Max Rower special, which, which as we all know, is well, it would have been a a beefy Fritos burrito and triple layer nachos and a Baja Blast, but they're getting rid of both of those things. So, so I guess so the Max special would be bringing them back. The yeah. Max special would no. The Max special would be an empty burrito wrapper, an empty nacho container, and a Baja Blast. <laughs> Sounds nice. That's that's. Wow, tragic. We live in Parta- society, Partake huh? in my suffering, everyone. F. F. One thing I, I do want to say about the Tony Hawk demo that I really, really appreciate is when the game first came out um, in like the late 80s, early 90s skate scene, there is a grab, like like a vertical oh, yeah. like air trick, called, called the mute grab. Um, because there's this guy, I think Chris Weddle was his name. Yeah. Um, and he was mute, or he was deaf, not mute. But apparently, like, the community sort of latched on to the idea of calling it the mute grab, because, like, he was the one who popularized it. Mm. And for this, they basically got in contact with him and said, hey, do you want us to rename this? Because you're deaf, not mute. Like, apparently, his response was saying, I'm deaf, I'm not mute. So they're calling it the Weddle grab now to, like, you know, respect him instead of calling it the thing based on the thing that he's not. Which is just, yeah. like, I, I, I appreciate that. That's yeah, a very that nice. a very good thing to do. Thanks, Mr. Hawk. Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. It once again reminds me of the great meme where it's like when the race war happens and you have to kill Tony Hawk. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the hesitation, though. (laughs) Thanks, Tony. Also, I want to, I want to, hey, you know the way Argyle can't uh, record this episode because he's in computer jail? He's in Zork's shadow realm. Well, he's actually in uh, the Yakuza Discord recording podcast Kagutoku right now as we speak. (laughs) Oh, Argyle, wow. you bitch! <laughs> Argyle. Argyle has allied with the Omi Alliance and betrayed us. It's okay. I podcast with Jordan, so I'm on the inside. You're betraying us with the Omi Alliance. No, because I'm not recording. And I, don't I podcast record. with you. Oh no, where does it end? <laughs> we're all we're all like Death Stranding interconnected. Hey, I'm a podcast loyalist. This is my only one. Um... <laughs> What do you got, Audrey? Um, so, Chigirl's still been uh, plugging away at Talus Principle, but um, I've talked enough about Talus Principle here. Uh, so, recently, uh, I also played Soma, and boy, did that fuck me right up. Uh, <laughs> for um, anyone who doesn't know about Soma, it is um, the most recent game, although that's not saying some much, since it is several years old. I think it's 2017 it came out, from uh, Frictional Games, which is the... Uh, game studio that created Penumbra and probably most famously Amnesia to Dark Descent. Uh, Audrey, I'm going to mess you up. It came out in 2015. (laughs) Okay, right. Anyway, it's still, regardless of when it came out, it is actually like an incredibly beautiful game, which is unfortunate because it is also an incredibly horrifying game. Um, So you get to see everything in HD. Uh, Hmm. Much more, I would say much more than uh, Frictional's previous games, which I also played much to my uh, constant horror and anxiety um i don't do horror games very well uh i would say that soma is much more of an existential and psychological horror than a uh than like a jump scary sort of high adrenaline horror which is what like amnesia i would say is Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. 
but the the core thesis of soma is asking like what like what defines a human being is it consciousness is it a person's bot like if a person's body is still alive but their brain isn't there are they still a i thought you were gonna say a person's bar like no <laughs> but like like if they're if they're brain dead like are they still a human being if their if their consciousness is put into something else is that a human being and it's just like it's it's bad it's so rough it's such a rough ride and there's like no good choices you have to continuously ma- it co- constantly forces you to make choices and none of them are good um, yeah it's it's incredibly rough it's one of one of the best horror ex- game experiences i've had i would give it like an 8 out of 10 i was uncomfortable the entire Damn. time um, would never, would never, <laughs> good. would never play it again. Probably, um, eight out of ten. I do not have a video game to talk about. I'm, I'm still just kind of playing the fourth route of Fire Emblem, mainly because like me and me and uh, uh, uh Omi Lance Trader of this show, Jordan, have been talking about Fire Emblem, and it's made me really want to play it. Um, so I've just been kind of finishing it off, and it's whatever <laughs> we know about Fire Emblem. You're fatigued. I'm, I'm fatigued, but I just I want to finish it. I need to finish um, it. Um, Real quick, before we head back to Yu-Gi-Oh, I do know the answer to what makes a human is my big fat ass. All right. It's my wet ass right. pussy. Well done. Do, do you want ah! to tell us what how episode 208, The Village of Dead Spirits, opens up? Yes, I do. Uh, episode... Uh, let me open my notes again. Like, what, like 37? Episode 37, Village of Vengeance, part one, uh, opens up with Kaiba... He has reached Egypt, and he is in that blue eyes jet. You know it. It's it such. Is. It is a emotional whiplash to finish the like the first episode <laughs> of these two when the gang tearfully reunites with with Yami, and then Kaiba's in his jet in modern day. Asshole, deal with it. It's good. Then he gets like a message that's like, "Sir, you've landed in. Sir, you've reached Egypt." And he says, "I know that. I can just look down." <laughs> Go on. Kaiba, you're playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. Do you know you're in Egypt yet? Have you you've passed Grover House? Yeah, oh, I I was inconsolable when I saw that. Um you know I was also inconsolable about they made Ishizu white again. Is she? Oh wait, what? Yeah, she's like she's like noticeably much lighter skin tone than Rashid and Malachar. Compared to in flashback Egypt? No, 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 like, real, well, yeah, compared to that, but in real life Egypt, like, she, like, is the same skin tone as Kaiba is in this scene. Like, compared, oh, compared to her Yu-Gi-Oh. brothers. Yeah. I did not notice that. Stop making her white. It's not Stop. hard. It's like, ugh. I have a bone to pick with this later in the episode as well. Uh, don't whitewash yeah, my wife. Don't whitewash my wife. Um... You keep coming with the Max. God, stop this. So, yeah, Kaiba's parked outside Ishtar's house. He's like, oh, yeah, hey, um... Bakarad told me to come here to get to Tablet City. <laughs> he told me to take this weird, gross eyeball. <laughs> They're like, yeah, Whoa. I have this weird, gross eyeball. Um, <laughs> Whoa, hold up. Rewind. Wait, you have the eye since when? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, he just casually pulls it out of his, like, coat pocket. The pale it's pocket. so funny. Yeah. He's like, hey, I got this. So I he keeps me that MF thing on him. Once again, remembering Bakara's name, which is incredibly shocking, and the East Stars are like, Mm, not sure about that one, Scoob. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they all kind of like, they have a moment when they're just sitting there and they're like, oh shit, Bakara, isn't he lying dead on the pavement inside Kulona? <laughs> yeah, he's on the stairs. 
<laughs> like they kind of remember him and they're like, all right, Kaiba, here are the directions to cool Elna. Go check it out. That's where you need to go. Face your destiny. Yeah. Um, so I guess he just like puts that into the sat-nav and his blue eyes plane and it tells him where to go. Because of course he has GPS for unmarked uh, uh, mass graves. Yeah, they give him the grid reference. It's fine. It's just like Flight Simulator. He he was practicing. He was playing Flight Simulator 2020. He he went to IGN and looked up like gameplay tips on how to find Cool Elna. They yeah. marked it on. They marked the objective on his map. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He, he he has a little like navigation arrow. So we cut to ancient Egypt again. Mana is bouncing on Bobas's big fat belly. It's great. I'm happy mm. to see it. Actually, yeah. it's I great. mean, I do love to see just how much fun she's having. Like it's the end of the world, and she's just like absolutely going wild like a dog let loose in a really big field. It's quite heartwarming to see. Yeah. Eh, yeah. That's the only good thing about it. Th- that's the only good thing, yeah. And and the Pharaoh's talking about how, you know, Millennium, he's talking to Yugi about the Millennium Items, how he has to stop. He, like, catches the rest of the gang up on the lore. <laughs> yeah, he has to, like, stop Bakura to sort of honor his father, and he's like, all right. Oh, they're together gotta... again, by the way. Yeah. Like, I love yeah, to yeah, see yeah. them hanging out. The, it's good. The Pharaoh has now met up with everyone else again. Yeah. Again, yeah. No, no, no time rewinding this time. If it happens again, I'm going to throw my computer out a window. Oh, no, don't okay. worry. Things get much worse. <laughs> Yami cool. Just, Yami fills in the whole situation about what's going on in Egypt to Yugi and friends. Mm-hmm. Anzu is like, oh, so did you find out your name? Yeah, she really <laughs> wants to know. And the pharaoh's like, Anzu, no one will tell me. It's terrible. <laughs> it's so funny. I love that. Like, it's not a bit. It's like the thing, because, you know, they have to honor the pharaoh. But, not but it's also but, kind like, of a bit. It's also really funny that literally nobody will tell him no matter how much he asks. And, like, this is cut in with Mana being like, Ochi-sama! I mean, and, like, <laughs> Osama. It's great. Really I like it. Um... It- so I, I, this for me like these these episodes are like very whiplashy because mm. the first episode has almost zero content that appears in the manga. It is almost a complete mm. divergence, um, and, which it remains to be up to this point. But like pretty much right after this point, it starts following the manga again, almost like panel mm. to panel. Uh, so. Mm. Um, the the talk has finally done its one job <laughs> and like located <laughs> located the pharaoh and like Shadazi's Spiria, uh Isis's Ka, like soar above, and it's like, oh shit, like Isis must have located the Pharaoh. And back at the palace, Isis is like, I've located the Pharaoh and Shadaz near him. It's yeah. it's very redundant. But <laughs> Yeah. Aknadine is uh, a little bit unhappy about this. It does like a close zoom to his face. His pupils go tiny, and he's like, "What the fuck, dude? The Pharaoh's alive." <laughs> There's also a scene of Set is like sitting there beside uh, Blue Eyes White Girl's oh, like, yeah. bedside, and he's just like, "Damn, I- what the fuck's up with Akinadine? He used to be so nice to me, and now he's just fucking gone off on one." Yeah, um, he's much less conflicted in the manga. Um. Yeah, and then, you know, kind of, um, everyone meets up with the pharaoh again, um, and then the pharaoh just kind of goes off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. give me your finest horse. Find Bakura. We're gonna go he's to Wow like, Cool Elna. <laughs> wow Cool Elna. But he's just <laughs> like, alright gang, peace, and drives off on the horse. 
is very. He does it. He does it. He just does it. it yeah. yeah, and again, like it, it drives me crazy. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, he like as he drives off, he in his horse car, he tells the gang, he's like, "All right, your work here is done. Go back to your world because this is my fight." His one, and of course, one horsepower car, a horse. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, yeah the power away. It was one to one. It's um, and then Yugi's like, "Well, of course we are not going to do that. Let's follow him." Yeah, and like sort of sort of cutting back to um the palace again. They're talking about how, oh, the Pharaoh's going to cool Elna to fight Bakker. And once again, it does, like, the exact same close zoom on Octodine's face. Because he's like, the fuck you mean Bakker is at cool Elna? <laughs> Did you say cool Elna? More like, let's not go to cool Elna. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard it's fucking haunted? It's super fucking haunted. It's yeah. so haunted that the euphoric gibbon skeletons come out of the ground there. <laughs> yeah, it... They're like, this used to be a crime town, but now we know it's a, a ghost crime town. town. <laughs> I love that musical. Isn't it a podcast? You're yeah, in town. Is. I'm talking about you're and in town. And also Hades Town oh, now. Okay. I mean, Are it those is different Hades or the town? same? Um, is is you're in town different or is that what Hades Town used to be called? No, they're different. <laughs> they're very different okay, okay. shows. Okay, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe people didn't want to listen to Piss City. <laughs> there's there's Crime Town, Lime Town, Hades Town, yeah. Mime uh, Town, Rhyme Town, Galarian Mime Town. The list goes on. <laughs> there's so many towns, and they're all full of ghosts and skeletons, and the skeletons are attacking everyone. Um, it's yeah. like it's a level two D and D encounter. You know, yeah. Like, you always get where the DM's like, ah, seven skeletons. It's just a bunch of spooky ghosts and skeletons. Spooky, scary skeletons. Yeah. It's like the the ghosts are like just like wisps. They're not really like they're just like a like a little like comet looking thing. So streaking through the sky. So at this point, Shada has also like met up with them and is like traveling with. Oh, so first of all, Mana went with the Pharaoh. Um, yes. And Shada has now met up with them with like a bunch of sh- uh soldiers um in the manga they they get to the town and like what happens is much less spooky scary skeletons and much more uh ghosts eating people from the inside out oh pretty cool i like it so uh thanks takahashi they get to like they get to the entrance of the tomb and like the soldiers go in first and like Bakura is waiting there, like surrounded by the ghosts. As you see him, like squatting on the tablet, um, oh, he's vibing like, like an absolute like chav. Uh, <laughs> he's slab squatting on the yeah. tablet. Uh, rules. Um, so he's like there, and he greets them, and he's like, "Hey, uh, the ghosts of my family want to greet you." And the ghosts literally, like, they're still the same wisps, but they like. Like go through the soldiers' bodies and like come out their mouths and like leave them as dried out husks. Uh, wow! And like, damn, they start like yelling, yelling about it, and like the pharaoh's like, "Oh my god!" Like we have to go in and save them. They're like, "No, do not come in here. You will super duper die." And, yeah. and he's like, "All right, well now I have to go in." And Shada, <laughs> well now, now you've piqued my curiosity. And Shada's like. You super duper do not need to go in there. Please do not go in there. I am a high priest, like, who is supposed to protect you. Please do not do this thing. And Pharaoh's like, nope, gonna do it. He's like, <laughs> ha- he's like halfway there by the time Shada's done talking. Yeah. I just love how Bakura's like, 
optimum situation is being absolutely just drenched in ghosts and just covered in them. Wouldn't you? He's, yeah. He's my- You love it. He's my big titty goth BF. Like, that's goth. He's normal. He's normal. <laughs> he's normal. He's wearing two- He's also, he's wearing two necklaces and he's like kind of pulling it off where he's got the millennium puzzle and the millennium ring just stacked on top of each other. It does absolutely it... add to his Slav look. Really oh, yeah. Does. He needs like even more jewelry and like a, 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 a big old handle of vodka. I mean, to be fair, he's yeah. also wearing like looted actual jewelry. Like he uh-huh. has like a ring on every finger at least. And, yeah, uh, he can pull it off. Yeah, so just bedecked. Um, so yeah, like in, in the, in the anime, sort of what happens is that, uh, Mana and Shada are like, oh yeah, Pharaoh will protect you. And they start fighting skeletons while the Pharaoh like goes into the kind of basement part of Kulelna. Um, while they're outside doing fighting, we do see Mana summon her Ka, which is Dark Magician Girl, like literally. This is what I don't get. Mahad summons Black Magician, and it's like this like shrouded figure. It's not fully Black Magician yet, but then he becomes Black Magician when he fuses with it. But Mana just summons Black Magician Girl. Yeah. It's literally her. It's just What's the her. deal? Fucking, it's her, but white. And I'm like... Mm. Blonde hair, white girl. Yeah. I just, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I guess they, I guess they don't. I guess they don't want Mana to also have to do like a heroic sacrifice, so they just give it to her. Yeah, I am yeah. grateful of that because I also I don't want Mana to have to do a heroic sacrifice. I like Mana, but it's yeah. just like I don't know. I I feel like she could have summoned like an almost black magician girl, like how Mahav summoned yeah, almost black magician. Yeah, she could have done like illusion magician girl. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ah well, but yeah, that that, that happens. Um, Uwe's no, no, no. That's I was just saying. Well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and then we go back to the, uh, the the cool little tomb temple area in Cool Elna, and he's like, "Yo, you want to see this cool thing I'm sloth squatting on? <laughs> this is where the devil lives." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Bakura tells the Pharaoh like the plot of episode two hundred and six of Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> yeah. Monsters, and then attacks. It's him with so ghosts. much exposition in these couple of episodes. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, he gets attacked by ghosts and he's about to fucking die. But then... It's Mahad and he's become the Dark Magician and he's going to protect Yami. He said, Pharaoh, I'm going to become the Dark Magician. (laughs) Um, Oh yeah, back to you, Andre. So, because the the scenes earlier where, like, the Pharaoh meets up with Yugi Tachi don't happen in the manga. What happens instead is that, again, the Yukitachi has been pushed all the way back to the palace where they were in a duel with um, with, oh, yeah, with, with the Spirit of the Ring until um, the Pharaoh died and which where um, which blacked out the entire world because he was dead and no longer had the world of memories. So the Spirit of the Ring was like, actually, fuck this. I don't need to engage with you guys and left. Um... But they're all back at the palace, and they don't know where to find, like, Yami or anything. So there's, like, there it, it, this chapter, like, opens up with them in, like, the bazaar and, like, trying to, like, orient themselves. And Anji's like, where's Yugi? And Honda's like, oh, he went to the inn to gather information, because that's what you do in an RPG. <laughs> oh and sure what? enough he's like he's like uh, wait yeah that's literally like they, that, that's literally what they did in monster world yeah 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, we go to the inn because that's what you do in an RPG. And so sure enough, Yugi goes to an inn and he's like, I don't know. I don't know how to get information without being able to talk and interact with other people. But there is uh, like two NPCs talking in the tavern and they say, hey, did you hear? You know, those soldiers, the ones who came to scold drunks? Those idiots, it'd take a hundred soldiers to match my wife. Ha ha ha. Idiot, they say they found the pharaoh. He's not lost anymore. The rumors say he's at the village of thieves. And Yugi's like, the village of thieves? Aww. A quest marker pops up in, the, in his hut that says, go to the vis- village of That's thieves. That's so cute. Aww. Okay, sorry. All right, back to back to the battle in the Kul Elna tomb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Mahad he- is here. Mahad is here. He's, he's strong ready to party. and large. He's, he tells the pharaoh, he's like, okay, uh, Bucker is lying to you. The items were created in a bad, bad way, but it wasn't Aknam Kamon. Like, he didn't know the truth about it. He didn't make him himself. No, no, no. This is exactly the same as how it happens in the manga. And it, it is, like, the thing that pisses me off the most about it. Um, well, like, why Mahad would know? No, not even why Mahad would know. But, like, basically... Uh, oh, yeah, Dan? Yeah. No, no, I think you're about to fill in what I was about to say. Okay. Like, what, what, like, Mahad's like, yeah, like, Aknam Kanan didn't know. And, like, the response to that is, like, Yami basically is like, okay, so that is enough for me now to absolve everyone, I guess, for this genocide? Like, there's no, no one is, like, takes responsibility for this, like, horrendous, horrendous crime. Um, ah. And, like, like because Akhenam Kanan didn't know about it, like, no one is responsible for it. And, it, like, that pisses me off so much. So, what they say, at least in the dub, maybe yeah. they say it in the sub, uh, they say that while, while uh, Akhenam Kanan is responsible for a horrible genocide, it's fine because everyone in Kolelno is evil. Right. Oof. Jesus. Grant. Thanks, Dub. I feel like Takahashi creating the Millennium Items and having to give this explanation on what they are and how they were created, created a much bigger can of worms was open in this process. Mm. So, my, so, God, that's really interesting hearing what, so, because my read on it was, um, because there, at this point, I think, if I remember correctly, there is a flashback to whenever, um, Akinam Cannon took uh, the Lil, Lil Yami into the skeleton cave and was like, forgive me, I have done terrible sins, I have done like really, really awful things and I, I don't want the really, 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 really awful things, aka the fucking genocide I did to reflect badly on my son. Um, So, like, my read on this, that um, is it that, that the pharaoh is, is it that Bakura is trying to get the pharaoh to, like, collapse under the weight of the sins of his father? Um, and that the pharaoh kind of makes the decision to, like, move past it and, you know, acknowledge it and be like, yes, but still fight for a better world. Like, that was my read on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, the, the line he specifically says is, I believe in my father. Um, and, and just, like, the decision, I, I think for me, there is build up to it where, like, right before Mahad shows up, Bakur is like, hey, guess what? Your family did a funny genocide. And, uh, like, Yami has, like, this moment of revelation where he's like, you know, like, oh my god, Bakur is right. Like, he's telling me the truth. And 
like sort of has like a moment of reckoning with that but then like the size and like the thing that like changes it for him in his mind is like the reveal that it made his like that it was ultimately what killed his dad right that like this mm-hmm. knowledge that that learning this knowledge of how the items were created as Mah- mahad reveals to him was what ended up killing his dad but at the same time like i don't know like he he's like as soon as he learns that aknam Kanan wasn't like a guilty party for it his sympathy mm. his sympathy for bakura essentially evaporates and for for the villagers of kuelna essentially evaporates uh and like this reckoning that he was like on the edge of having just sort of disappears and it it's really disappointing to me yeah cuz i think what we're doing is what well, like what's going on here is that we're saying that aknam Kanan was making the millennium items for a reason because he wanted the world to be better so he did this for a reason and because he didn't know that genocide was going to be involved that 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 means the pharaoh that yami should still follow that reasoning yeah no no no. yeah no i i I totally agree with you with that it's it's sort of i'm 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 just disappointed that we weren't able to have both right that like there wasn't anything to like that and i think you do have the acknowledgement right where it's like okay, like, you can understand that, like, these things weren't created for the right reasons and probably shouldn't have existed in the first place. Um, But you don't, but, you know, sort of understanding that the people that you directly care about didn't sort of betray your trusts or your ideals. Yeah, um, yeah. Is the thing that, like, is deciding whether or not you feel sympathy for the the person who these atrocities happens to. Like, that, you know, it bothers me, but... Yeah. It's it's just like a disappointing like and this is again why I go through like my Thief King Bakura did nothing wrong spiel. <laughs> like because this is this is like the bottom line is that he like reveals he's like, hey, you did a genocide to my people. And there's there's no there's no consequence, meaningful consequence to people outside of like Akhnaden, who like doesn't really get punished for doing a genocide. He gets punished because he gets possessed by Zork. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what, what, like, what's happening here is, I guess, is that it's being like, oh well, all this genocide was all Akhenaten's fault. Yeah, exactly. Instead of being like, hey, the pharaoh, the previous pharaoh's fucking ambition resulted in this thing. Exactly, exactly. It's- yeah, it's just like there's just so much going on here. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I'm, I don't want to. Like, person, I'm not like, oh, we should defend it. I just, there's just so much going on. Yeah, no, um, 100%. But yeah, um, it, at the end of all this, like, the pharaoh stands up and is like, you know what, Bakura, fuck you. I thought this podcast was supposed to be funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was a really, that was a really good, that was, I was like sitting there, it's like, damn, y'all are talking so good about all this stuff. I know, I know. Let's get back to normality. Uh, so, there's right. a snake hog, <laughs> let, aka let's a make, snog. Let's make jokes about these cum ghosts. <laughs> cum ghost jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, the fair is like energized because he, he gets to ignore all the cool war crimes. It's great. We love it. We love to see it. Good for you, fair. That's I'm so pretty much the of summary you. of it. Thanks, Max. Yeah, yeah. Um, Diabound 4 is here now. I'm just going to give them numbers to make it easier for me to remember the different forms. The Diabounding. Fourth generation. Diabound 4 to Diabounding. It's it's, it's Diabound 
then it's dia two bound, <laughs> dia three bound four, etc. Um, two but bound Mahata, two dia. Thank you. <laughs> Mahad is like a match for it. Um, it. It uses a portal gun, or Mahad uses a portal gun rather to like warp its blasts around, so it can't really do anything. He aims like one of the dia bounds blasts at uh, Satan House and almost Satan crushes it. Yeah, that's where Satan lives. The, you love the it, sarcophagus. Yeah. The pussy's in the sarcophagus uh, right now. You put the uh, Satan in the sarcophagus. Yeah, Dia Bound Snog um, is able to like <laughs> grab the falling pillar and prevent it from crushing it. Which is really funny to me that like this this sealed off ancient evil can be defeated by just breaking the the piece of rock he's stored in. Like <laughs> it wouldn't really release him; it would just kill him. Because Bakura's like, oh no, shit, no, I, I, I should, I need that to summon Satan later on. Protect that thing, Dia Bound. It's, it's like it's it's just so funny to me that it wouldn't release him; it would just kill him. Yeah, yeah. It, but so he summons this like really badass looking skull turtle to protect it. Oh like, yeah, it's just a thing. turtle completely covered in skulls. It's really really rad. Dark Squirtle, Squirtle stands for Skull Turtle. Dark type Squirtle, thank you. Dark type Squirtle. Um, it's a uh, it's a regional. Yeah, form. a Lola form uh-huh, Squirtle. Uh-huh. And then this so this means that the like the tablet's fine and Diabond can just go sicko mode, aka invisible. Snakeo so, mode. Diabond. Snake mode. So Diabind goes invisible. Um, and then Mahad like carpet bombs the entire room with <laughs> yeah. little funny there's some really funny sound effects in this episode. Pew 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 Just like the balls of light make really funny like not like <laughs> I'm trying to think of the noise. <laughs> they slurp. That's it. Okay. And <laughs> and and basically the reason he like yeah. He makes a billion holes in the roof, which let light in. I guess that lets the pharaoh see Dia bound because it can't. I guess it can only fully go invisible in the darkness or what have yeah, you. Yeah, it turns out Kingdom uh, Hearts is light. Whatever. Many are saying this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, and and sort of Bakura's combat to this is to be like, okay, well now I'm gonna use all my hatred and make Dia bound really strong, and he does a big old blast directly at Mahad, who dies. He's dead now. Yep, Dia bound. Yeah, Bakura slurps up all the, the, the souls, and Diabound turns into Diabound 5. It looks like shit. Its eyes don't look cool anymore. You can It actually has a pupil and iris now, and it has, like, this nasty, weird face. It just, it looks so much worse now, because it has, like, this goofy 80s Saturday morning cartoon-ass looking face. Incredible. I don't yeah. care for it. It looked cooler when it was level 4. And now it's just like, meh, I'll get you, Pharaoh. Yeah, well, well um, Yami should have had a, a, a one of those stones that you keep on your Pokemon to stop it from evolving. Thanks. An Everstone, thank you. Uh, I didn't Very know. Very good. Thanks. I, I, I was I pre- trying. I, I tried. I appreciate your gamer reference, and I love you for it. Thanks. Um, so yeah, Mahad's dead forever. End of episode. <laughs> I, that's a little different, because uh, it seems <laughs> to end with some sort of Deus Ex Machina rescue. Deus where... Ex Mana. Deus Ex yeah, Mana. Finally, I was waiting for someone to to swoop in. Yeah, there. no, I was I was fully prepared to commit to the bit, but so I'm glad once that... you committed, I was like, well, I guess I have to commit as well. Yeah, yeah, no, he, Mahad don't I... die. Mana yeah. saves him, <laughs> which is weird because Mana's talking through Black Magician Girl, like King Crimson, like Diablo talking through King Crimson. <laughs> but it's like, why? How come she can talk? Through it. Mana says, I have examined the flow of time and I have erased the bit where Mahad died. Oh. <coughs> it's Diavolo's theme. 
Okay. I, okay, I did recognize it. It's been a while since I've Jojoed. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much episode. Um, Dark Magician gets saved by Dark Magician Girl, and you love to see it. Yeah. Hmm, the student has become the master. Yeah. Hmm. And that's, uh, that's episode. Yeah, so... Epi. Do we want to do a post-show segment, or... What you I, got, Sarah? I could talk about some things. I could talk about pants. I could talk about the Suez Canal. Um, I could do a big call-out post for Napoleon. Which one of those you want? I like the uh, idea of a Napoleon call-out. Yeah, post. let's 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 dig up this bitch and bury him again. Okay, I don't actually, I don't have any specific fucking facts about Napoleon, but I was reading, I did some more, I like skimmed through the first part of Orientalism, and it was just like. Saeed being like, "Hey, here's the ways in which the West have done really shitty," th-. and I was like, "I know this. I like. I'm just. I. I. This. I know. You don't need to convince me that Europe is bad. Like, I. I'm on you. I'm on the same page as you, buddy. So <laughs> I, I kind of just. I, you live there. <laughs> I kind of just skipped the first chapter, um, but he he did say some things about how like Napoleon was basically like a weeb. Um, he thought the quote unquote Orient was really cool. He, he was right. He bought loads of like cashmere shawls for his wife, um, who's really into cashmere shawls. Like these are like original. Sorry, I just cashmere shawls have a fascinating history, and like a lot of the reason they're popular in Europe today is because of Napoleon's fucking wife or mistress, who was anyway. Um, Napoleon also like. Sorry, I got distracted thinking about cashmere shawls. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So there was um. Obviously, Europe did fucking shitty stuff, but there was also kind of like a, a movement in 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 the the nineteenth century of people who like were slightly less racist and had like a more benevolent attitude towards the quote unquote Orient. And <laughs> I don't tr- I don't trust like that. Um, basically, people who were fucking weebs and thought of themselves as having like kinship with the East, um, and 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 just thought really like kindly. On, on on the quote-unquote Orient. And fucking Napoleon thought that he was one of these people. He was like, oh, like, <laughs> they're gonna love me when I go over there and, like, fucking, like, conquer their fucking... And, ugh, just fucking piece of shit. I'm not gonna, like, get quite into it, um, but, but there was, like, a movement, or not, like, a movement, a sentiment in the mid-19th century that, like, Europe was on a decline and that Europe would be regenerated by, like, interaction with Asia, um, which, like... Cool, cool. Yeah, but the thing is, that attitude means that the only relationship that Asia has with Europe is to do with, like, how useful it can be to Europe. Um, so the takeaway from that that I kind of had is that even like if you're a fucking weeb like Napoleon was, um, and you you think that you have like a really positive interest in say Japanese culture or Egyptian culture, like check yourself before you wreck yourself and make sure you're not just looking at another culture in the ways in which you can use it either for an aesthetic, for a narrative, for like whatever and that's my billy ray cyrus for the day nice thanks fuck napoleon. thank you fuck napoleon. thank you said fuck, fuck napoleon fuck we never trust a weeb you can never trust him never trust a weeb don't trust a hoe i love that 303 song. Never thank trust you audrey thank you i'm glad we're on the same 303 bit 
tell your pharaoh if he says he's got beef, I'm a vegetarian and I ain't fucking scared of him. Um, do we have, we have a question? Yeah, read Discord. I'll look at Tumblr and see if we got any. Okay, I tried to get a Tumblr, but I don't have Tumblr. Okay. We should just delete our Tumblr, honestly. <laughs> we should probably just delete our Tumblr. Yeah, we have no questions on Tumbo. Okay, I found the question. We're getting, like, new followers, but, like, for what purpose? For what purpose? We've never, we've never... Uh, this, these that. were episodes 208 and 209, right? 208 and 209, yep. yep. Yeah. Okay, Stephen Mershmallow, who's currently going by Cooler Elma in our Discord. Uh, Congrats new, on the new baby, new baby Stephen. Speaking, Congrats we on got, the Bappy. We got Bobby Yami in these episodes, and and now we have Bobby uh, Mia, I believe it is. Yep. Yes. Uh, my brain wanted to say my. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I do a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, they ask the obvious question is: Which monster would you want to date? either as a cute anime boy slash girl slash other, or as its monster self. Um, hmm. I mean, you know me. We do. I'm thinking about um, the, the the cool werewolf. I mean, you got me fucked up if you think it's not Harpy Lady. <laughs> yeah, we kind of, we kind of did just, well, we, we, we went over this last week when we talked about which, what our cars would be. Um, mm-hmm. but this is who we date. Yeah. So if my car is Harpy Lady, are you dating my car, Audrey? I guess so. Which means you're dating Whoa. my big robot lady. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm into it. I would probably, I don't know. Dark Magician Girl seems cool. I'd like to hang out with her. I'm going to have to think about this because. Get, get some dinner. Specifically dating. Mm. Yeah. Go, go see a movie maybe. Like a walk on the park or something. Hmm. Feed the ducks. As much as, like, I, I don't want to date a monster. I want to date a human. Harpy Lady has the tools to give me a good time. I know this because they're her magic cars. So. <laughs> if you're giving the opportunity to date a monster, I want to date a monster. Yeah. She's going to give you the old feather duster. <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> I, I'm just really sad that her tools were, like, censored so much in the 4Kids version, know. you know? Give me... Her cart, like... It's just lingerie. Please, please, just give me her cyber armor. Her cyber armor looks so fucking good. Ugh. Wi-Fi um, equipped underwear. <laughs> we have a, we have, well, there's a bunch of discourse in here, but I think the second serious question is from Jared of Greed, official Jared of the show, Jared. Um, if someone held you hostage and forced you to buy a body pillow of a Yu-Gi-Oh character, who are you getting and why is it Pegasus? I would get a very, very, very long body pillow of Osiris. <laughs> like four, four body pillows stitched together. That's so good. It's like long Furby. Long Furby. <laughs> but it's like long, I guess it's covered in chitin. So it has an exoskeleton. Okay. Okay. I have, a, I have an answer. Body pillow, but it's an obelisk body pillow and it's a mattress. That's how big yeah, it is. I was going to say, is it really wide? <laughs> That's so good. It's just... Yeah. I get I get five body pillows to make Exodia. <laughs> oh, 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 that's good. Well, six, because you know. <laughs> oh, no, that's me. That's where I go. Oh, you're... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the five, the five oh. limbs and head got to connect somewhere. I've got to be somewhere in that pile. <laughs> where else is it going to be? Oh All right. Oh. Uh, that's the questions. 
<laughs> what you did you did you have one, Dan? I I have to think about this. Embarrassing myself on national radio. <laughs> oh, I just <laughs> on NPR. <laughs> yeah. Hi, welcome to our Yu-Gi-Oh podcast, hosted oh, by wait. NPR. If it if it's a docky, maybe Coach Captain Bearman. All right. Today we're discussing Yu-Gi-Oh deck macros and which ones we would buy and why. <sighs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, I've been Sarah. You can find me on Twitter at Sarah McCostumes. I'm going to continue this bit until the end of our episode. <laughs> oh, big regrets. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, you've you you've created these Millennium items. Now you got to wield yeah. them. You shit this bed, not lie in it. Uh, well. It, cer- it certainly feels like a murder of something. <laughs> so, uh, who are you? Uh, who am I? I'm I'm Audrey. You can find me on uh, Twitter and Tumblr at, at Optimum on Prime, which is my funny robot internet joke. Uh, you can also uh, follow at the Reticulation. That's T H E R E T I C U L A T I O N on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook for uh, news about an upcoming. Uh, website that I am starting with a very close friend of mine where we will be raising LGBT voices in the uh, realm of pop culture criticism. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Dan, who have you been? Yeah, uh, I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places and you can find all those places at linktr.ee slash Mike underscore Dawson with a zero. Uh, from there, you can find my Twitter. You can find the other podcasts I'm on, which are pop which are The Sonic Shuffle, a Sonic Lore podcast, and Stranger's Fiction, a uh, an actual play podcast that I have to record immediately after this. Uh, ah, let's go. I- I've got an art blog and a Kofi where I take commissions, and also a comedy blog called at Xbox underscore Holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. I've been falling really behind on that. Max? Hey, Sarah, thank you for having me on this show. Um, I've been Max. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram everywhere else at Maxi Bajillion. Uh, you can find one of my podcasts, Wow Cool Robot, a show about Gundam. That's on Twitter at Wow Cool Podcast. And you can find my other podcast, Slappers Only, which is a video game music showdown podcast uh, on Twitter at Slappers Only Pod. That's that's really amazing. Thanks for coming on today. And together we are all Pod of Greed. We have a Patreon that you can support by going to pod of to patreon.com forward slash pod of greed. You can find bonus content such as uh, a, a, a cool RSSSSS feed that we post cool bonus episodes to uh, at the $5 tier if you want to support us. We will give you a very special shout out on the show as well as a wonderful cool colour in our Discord and voting rights on the content that we cover at the $10 level if you want something extra special you know, for the family we'll send you physical products that we make and design and come up with throughout the year in the best loot crate of all time. Well, you can also find this show on Twitter at Pod of Greed Cast. You can find us on Tumblr at podofgreed.tumblr.com. And you can find this show and many, many more over at noisebase.xyz, which is a podcast network created by our good friend Matt, who is also a living, breathing, walking Nintendo GameCube. Go give the website your patronage. Check out some other shows. It is 2020 year of the podcast. We have been saying this. Yeah. I'm going to jump on to my obelisk daiku mattress 
and I'm going to cuddle my very very long Osiris Daikimakura and um, be crushed under the weight of a third rat god Daikimakura. I will set myself face down and the violently euphoric given skeletons will drag me to hell. <laughs> I I set myself face down, well, I set myself sit, sitting up to have a nice coffee date with Cap- Coach Captain Bearman. <laughs> <laughs> I set myself in a slob squat and end my turn. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank Dos you for the Dosvidanya! <laughs>